Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. On this week's episode of Where We Are, we're going to talk about one of the dynamics of this race that is inescapable for the Biden campaign, and that is age doesn't matter. Is age really nothing but a number, as Aaliyah said? Well, (laughs) you knew I was going to throw Aaliyah in there. Okay. You're listening to Where We Are. You're listening to Where We Are. We are the Wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, uh, powering through illness. I have the flu. Yeah, Influenza. but like a weird flu. Oh, it's the worst. It's not COVID. We've tested a billion times. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. I thought we were going to lose you. I thought I was going to have to do a monologue, but thankfully you're you're here. We, we, we got you loaded up with tea. Yeah. Water. You have basically eight different beverages in front of you. <laughs> and uh, and so I think we'll be able to to power through. Um, I also just want everybody to know that Michael had this flu for 24 hours and I'm going on day four. So please commiserate with me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, well, since you were down for the count... I took Saoirse to her first preschool birthday party I, this I morning. I missed it. I'm so upset. Uh, I mean, it had everything. It had, like Stefan would say. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan would say. From SNL. Yeah. It had a bounce house. Uh, Bouncy castle. Scavenger hunt. Yeah. Cupcakes, right? Cupcakes. She told me she ate multiple. Chick-fil-A. It had Chick-fil-A. No it way. It had Chick-fil-A. Wow. Um, nice. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun, awkward parent stuff, mostly like on my end. I think the other parents were normal. Uh, yeah, I can believe that. But, uh, you know, it is kind of weird. I mean, I don't think I have anything novel to contribute to the toddler party discourse. Toddler party discourse. <laughs> but you really oh, are, your toddler is bringing you at that point. Yes. And then you're just sort of standing around making sure they don't yeet themselves. Yeah. I did meet someone from Erie, Pennsylvania. No way. Who was a Buffalo Bills fan. Really? Yep. That's yep, yep. fun. Uh, we talked about Spinner McGee's. Uh, oh. Listeners, anyone familiar with Spinner McGee's in Erie, Pennsylvania, 
a restaurant that's like in uh, like the caboose of like, you know, like a hollowed out train car situation. Having a lot of nostalgic uh, memories, feelings with that place. If you know Spinner McGee's, we want to hear from you. Heck, <laughs> we may even do a whole Spinner McGee's episode if enough people uh, <laughs> respond here. But Love I talked talk to this dude about Spinner McGee's. And then someone else who did business <laughs> in Erie was like, yeah, I love that place. So, got a whole Spinner McGee's discourse going. Yeah, okay. Um, and then so, you, in other words, I think I was a social hit at this thing. Now yeah, that now that I re- the Buffalo Bills. Now that I reflect back on it, I think I was the life of the party. Yeah, meanwhile, I was at home while Alari was tackling me and just not feeling great. But anyways, yeah. you took Searsha also to the Italian Fest in Baltimore. Oh, I'm I did. I'm also extremely upset about. I did. I took her to the Italian Fest, which meant a lot of Italian women were just fawning over her. Oh. Uh, and I really... Enjoy that. Sirsha and I split like an Italian sandwich. Uh, a like porchetta, a, a por- Yeah, a porchetta a with uh, broccoli rabe. Um, and, uh, you know, we were walking down the street and she wanted to hold it. So I handed over to her and she, she'd have this big hoagie and she, she'd eat it. <laughs> uh, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. I may take her back tomorrow. It was Lil. They were advertising there's going to be a Maryland Italian festival. Oh. Uh, first time they've ever done it. Okay. In Bel Air. Oh, okay. I think in the fall. With the Fresh Prince. With the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was fun. And, and we walked outside the church and she goes, I remember that church. And I'm like, yeah, babe, we were there like a week ago. <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, but no, it was good. Uh, Melissa, what do you say we get to it? Yeah, um, let's do it. Just some 2024 updates. This coming week, we expect to see Vice President, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence announce um, that he's running uh, for president. Long expected. Uh, he was just cleared from he was being investigated for classified document stuff and mm. he's been cleared no charges oh i didn't see that news. so he's going to be able to announce uh you know with with no open questions mm. about that okay uh strong contrast with uh his <laughs> the other dude <laughs> with the other <laughs> yes the other guy um uh and you know we won't I'm interested to see what his announcement is, if he has any kind of new approach to the issues we've talked about this on this podcast before, which I'm not going to belabor here. But um, but he'll announce. Sounds like Chris Christie might announce this coming week. And then the, uh, the governor of North Dakota might announce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's been bothering me ever since there were there was talk that he was going to jump in. I was like, I know, I know him, but mm-hmm. like, I know I, I like, yeah. And I, I finally recalled, I, I wrote about him <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a, like a paragraph, like yeah. a, like a reference. I, I wrote a piece for an essay for breaking ground. Um, that was extensive. One of, one of the, 
I won't say, I don't know if it was one of my one of the best things I've written in the last few years. Certainly one of the things I worked hardest on over yeah. the last few years. Yeah. It was published in the book, uh, Breaking Ground, had, uh, published a book of a selection of essays that came out uh, through that project. Breaking Ground was a project between Plow, uh, our friends at Plow, our friends at Comet Magazine. Um, yeah, and the name of your piece was A Politics Worse Than Death. A Politics Worse Than Death. Uh, and probably the most depressing paragraph <laughs> of that. I mean, there were there were many yeah, depressing there were paragraphs in that in that essay. But one of them involved this clip of the governor from North Dakota, the Republican governor in North Dakota, Doug Burgum. Uh, he, I saw this and I'm like, this is one heck of a governor. It's not him that's depressing. It's it's the situation. Let's let me let me play this for you now. In in our state, there's no requirements regarding wearing masks, but the uh, and we're all in this together, and there's only one battle we're fighting, and that that's the battle of the virus. I would really love to see in North Dakota that we could just skip this thing that other parts of the nation are going through where they're creating a, uh, a divide, either it's ideological or political or something uh, around mask versus no mask. This is a, uh, I would say senseless, uh, dividing line. Uh, and it, and I would ask people to, uh, try to dial up your empathy and your understanding. If someone is wearing a mask, uh, they're not doing it to represent what political party they're in or what candidates they support. They might be doing it because they've got a five-year-old child who's, who's been going through cancer treatments. They, they might have vulnerable adults in their life, uh, who are, who are currently have COVID and they're fighting. And so again, I would just, um, Love to see our state, as part of being North Dakota smart, also be North Dakota kind, North Dakota empathetic, uh, North Dakota understanding to do this thing. Because if somebody wants to wear a mask, uh, there should be no mask shaming. Uh, they sh you should look at them and say, that person's wearing a mask because for them, there's additional risk in their life. The first thing that somebody ought to assume is that they're doing it because they've got people in their life that they love and that they're trying to take care of. And I, I just think, let's just start there. So I know that clip might have, might have given you, uh, some of you, like Flashbacks. a flashback to, to those days. Uh, incredibly moving in some ways. In other ways, you can only imagine, like, the incoming this governor was getting that he felt that he needed to say this at a press mm -hmm. conference. Um, and to... And to, to, to to cry uh, at the press conference uh, doing so. Um, so he'll he'll jump in the race. I kind of wonder how directly he plans to go after DeSantis. Like I wonder I wonder mm. how I wonder how um, formative that moment and COVID generally was yeah. for him, and if and, and how and and how central that'll be to his campaign it also just suggests to me again i think we just keep on getting the trump really sort of um gets people conf confused um i i think part of what we're seeing in terms of some of the folks who have stepped forward um 
are folks who didn't want to see Trump win before, um, people who don't want to see Trump win uh, now and who are stepping up to the plate. You know, like Melissa, yeah. there are all these narratives about, oh, Republicans rolling over, da, da, da. Well, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think... Well, I'm so interested to see what the what Doug Burgum's announcement looks like, but I just kind of don't think <laughs> this guy viewed the North North Dakota governorship as like a launching pad to the presidency outside of some deeply grounded sense of purpose. And yeah. I'm interested in what that is. And uh, I'm assuming. Uh, it's not that he wants Donald Trump to be to be the Republican nominee again. Yeah, the other narrative that kind of drives me up the wall, I, I mean, I see merit in it, is the too many people are now jumping in. We've got too much, too crowded of a field, and that's just handing everything to Trump, and it's, it's just too early for that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think it was Chris Sununu who said really smartly, he said, look, the thing isn't too many people jumping in the race. He says, the thing is, do people have the discipline to get out when they should? Yeah. And I think that was what the, that was sort of a leading problem. Or or the, that was the bigger problem in, in 2016. And just generally, like you got to know when to drop out. And you don't, um, you, you don't stay in because, oh, like anything could happen. <laughs> no, if, if you're, if, if you know you're not going to be successful in these early states and you don't have a plan uh a dropout before the vote not after so that your voters have the opportunity to go go Mm -hmm. somewhere else um all right let's move to the to the main topic we want to discuss we Mm -hmm. were talking about this episode we already have next week's episode planned and that's because it's really good spoiler alert we're talking with luke russert uh and it is a fantastic interview. It's so good. We're so excited for you to to listen to it. His book just hit the New York Times bestseller list, and he's with us on where we are. Um, and so I know you'll really enjoy that episode. Uh, you'll really enjoy that episode next week. But we were talking about this week, and you said, you know, I don't think we've really covered age. Yeah. Um, the whole debate around the whole age debate around and the age United States presidency and the presidency. So, Melissa, uh, I of course like have have thoughts, but I thought, why don't you open it up? Kind of, kind of set set the set the the stage and and how do you think about like the the age of the age of the president generally? And then obviously, you know, Joe Biden is the presenting the presenting issue here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so questions around age, it, they're not new to Joe Biden. Um, you know, other candidates have been questioned in this way, but Biden faced this a lot in 2020. Obviously, still won the nomination, obviously went on to win the presidency. And now that he's 80 years old, it's just a sort of battering ram, this issue of he's too old, and by the time he gets out, he'll be, uh, what will what will he be um, in 2028? Um 86. 86. Thank you. Thank you, mental math. Uh, And so people are talking like he should not actually be running again, that he should be stepping aside um, on the Democratic side. And then Republicans are obviously, especially Trump, 
Trump has been sort of beating this drum and drumming up this narrative around the fact that he's not well, that he's not completely with it, which is like a cognitive sort of thing, which is connected to age, but is also just, I think, a slightly separate issue as well and a slightly separate debate. Um, And I've been thinking about a lot because you see all the arguments around it. And I've seen some things around, you know, part of this debate is, should there be an age limit for the presidency? And my very first questions are, well, whenever you set a line, you're actually saying, how do you set a line? Because in in a lot of ways, like the lines start to feel arbitrary when you really think about it, um, unless you bring in like the health issue. And once you bring in health issues, um, then you can start talking about things like disability and ageism and all kinds of issues that I think are sort of at the core of this that really bother me. Um, While also there's another part side of the the debate, um, especially amongst young people like a Gen Z or millennial saying, you know, an older person like Joe Biden, we should have young, fresh blood in there uh, for new ideas, for new energy. Then vote for that. Exactly. I don't mean mean to cut you off, but I mean... (laughs) No, that's why I say to th- what I say to that is vote for that. I mean, go right on ahead. Um, the next thing I want to say, especially the hypocrisy around specifically completely honing in on Biden and all the stories constantly being on Biden is that Donald Trump is 76 years old, just four years younger. And that's where I say when it comes to the whole what's the cutoff line, it becomes arbitrary because what would make Donald Trump at 76 more capable than Joe Biden at the age of 80? And then we all know that Joe Biden has um, uh, 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 stuttering. And so that brings in a whole slew of things when it comes to like uh, speeches, cadence, like all that kind of stuff. And I really just want to talk about this because when he was giving, after giving a commencement speech um, at the U.S. Air Force Academy this week, he tripped over a sandbag on a stage. And so, of course, it set off a whole slew of stories. Once again, it feels like every two weeks, the whole age question is coming up. The whole is he capable or not is coming up. Um, and I would say I would not want right now, I would not want an age limit on the presidency. I think the lines become far too arbitrary. I think things like certain types of disability and ageism come in way too soon and are way too problematic for that type of policy to ever feel fair or clean to me. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there will ever be an upper age I mean, limit. me neither, but... Um, you know, one uh, among many problems with that, um, it, it would... It would strongly disincentivize. It, it it would be a structural disadvantage. Not just, I mean, obviously, if you had a, a age limit, again, it's over that age limit couldn't run, obviously. But you think about what it would do for candidates who might hit the age limit mm-hmm. at some point during a second term. Yeah, you know, is that used against them even running? For a first term, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I, I I don't know how how productive it is to talk about an an age limit. Um, I think what we what we need generally, stepping away from the presidential race, what we need are uh, 
elected officials who know when to say when. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems very clear that Senator uh, Feinstein from California mm-hmm. is is not able to uh, carry out the full duties of her mm-hmm. job. Uh, and and yet she she hung on. Um, so you need to know when to say when. I will say, I think you have to feel confident you can serve the full term. Obviously, things happen, but um, I think it's a major. Demo- I think it's a significant challenge for democracy mm-hmm. if you were to have candidates running who did not believe themselves that they'd be able to carry out their term. Now, there's n- there's nothing other than speculation to, to think that that's what is at play with Biden. If uh, anything ever came out that was, that was sort of hard evidence or any sort of reporting uh, that suggested that there is, uh, that there are question marks around that, like that, that, the public deserves to know that, and I'd question uh, the, the the wisdom. And again, just sort of the if you don't plan to serve the full term, the American the American people deserve to know who they're voting for. Um, but again, there's nothing. It is both dangerous for the candidate to run without. Uh, and, and think that they won't be able to finish their their term. I also think there's like far too flippant language about Biden himself. I mean, it, it was it was a flashback to uh, the old days of right wing media to see National Review mm-hmm. put out like multiple multiple pieces of sort of a harsh tone about um, about the fall. I One op-ed columnist, you know, said, you know, uh, anyone with old parents knows that once once they start falling, they never stop. Like, just, just this kind of, I just think we kind of need to grow up. Uh, yeah, he, he, here my, here, here's my serious. feeling on age and Biden. Um, I think, Anyone would be, uh, I think it would be foolish to suggest anything other than that. Um, his age is a demerit, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the average voter. Like, I think that the average voter wishes he was 15 years younger, you know, like, and, and I, I think, uh, the Biden campaign wishes he was he was he was fifteen years uh, fifteen years younger. I'm sorry, um, but to use a trope like a an election is a choice, uh, and I don't see age being a determinative factor in a race against Trump. What I think Democrats are thinking about mm-hmm. is I know that. Exactly where you're going. It could be decisive if it's really anyone else. Mm-hmm. 
if it's Biden DeSantis, if it's Biden Scott, if it's Biden Haley, mm-hmm. DeSantis is the youngest. Uh, then, you know, th- then, you know, it's a clear contrast. Mm-hmm. Democrats like playing to, you know, we're, you know, we're the party of the young, where the Democrats are the 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 future, they're at the cutting edge. <laughs> like it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for Biden to play that line of democratic rhetoric. <laughs> like, I mean he won't try, but like mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard for um it, like that's going to cut a different way if it's if it's Biden versus uh, again really anyone other than Trump, but especially I think Haley Scott DeSantis. Um. So that's that. That's I. I, I don't think it's. I don't think uh, we're going to be able to say if if Biden loses, it was because of his age. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be one of many factors but i think it certainly isn't going to help him like it certainly isn't mm-hmm. it's going to help him but what we learned in 2020 is that for whatever knocks there are against biden mm-hmm. this idea that there's this that there's this ideal candidate out there who's not who's not biden mm-hmm. it's, it just is uh that doesn't seem to be the case no one's been willing to uh, even those grumbling about biden uh, are rarely willing to actually put forward who they think would be, would be, uh, uh, would be better. Yeah, and I mean, if you go back to twenty twenty, part of what I suspect, especially if the nominee is Trump or the nominee is DeSantis, is that the Biden team will be emphasizing, you know, solve the nation again and battle for democracy, um, and that will be the focus, and that is where they will be trying to convince people, even with the demerit of. The fact that he'll be 86 by the time he would get out of the um, the the term, uh, yeah. I I just I I always just do find debates like this that take up so much oxygen in the media to just be so telling, right? About where we are right now, which is <laughs> no pun intended about where we are. I mean, do you remember? I just want to bring in this story quickly because it popped into my head when you talked about some of the older right-wing narratives. Uh, in 2016, when then when you know candidate uh, Hillary Clinton was walking after a, uh, some kind of campaign event, was yeah, getting into a yeah, vehicle and sure. she kind of stumbled into it, looked like she may have like passed out yeah, or something right. like that. Yep. Um, and the team said that she had she was battling some kind of illness at that point and. Oh, they went after her again, saying like cognitive decline, that she has these secret diseases that will, you know, completely disqualify her, that she has no idea what's going on. And so you have to think like, okay, they use it on her. And she at that point was in 2016 was far younger than, you know, Joe Biden was in 2020. (laughs) You just have to think like, okay, sometimes these arguments, they're just rehashed again and again, no matter who it is. Well, what what it what it is is it's a it's a totally accessible way to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone has an opinion on age and like mm-hmm. when someone should retire and when do you you know take the car keys away from 
you know, like your parents, like that, like everyone br- has had somebody elderly in their life. Yes, Everybody like it brings up somebody. all these, all, all these uh, easily accessible ways for people to feel to to have like an authority in the conversation, um, or to claim a kind of authority in the conversation, and media loves that. People themselves love that. People, like and so it's gonna be a um, I think a difficult impulse I think for folks to say you know think about what it means that President Biden and Speaker McCarthy came together and were able to get this debt ceiling agreement done and and what the various pieces of it mean what it suggests for governance and 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 what what the what the what what those proposing failure what that would have suggested about mm-hmm. governance like that's uh less accessible mm-hmm. although obviously much more pertinent um you know uh, way of talking about the election but you, you you make it about age you make it about every time they see him on tv you made about being energy. able to make a new analysis about does he look tired? Ability, Did he, energy. When he yeah. when he when he paused there, was it because he forgot uh, what he was going to say? Da da da. So, uh, I would just encourage folks, apart from you know a verified medical report coming out, or people close to Biden. Uh, say like people who have actual access to Biden saying things like with without some sort of major prompting uh, instant incident that makes this less gossip, less sort of speculation, less sort of uh, armchair doctor sort of. Um, I'd urge urge you to focus on other aspects of this this presidential race. But we wanted to cover age uh, on this episode so that you knew where where we were, um, where Where we we are. are. Uh, And now you know. We'd love to know where you are on on the issue. Uh, And... Do you think the age will be decisive or just one among many factors voters will be considering? Uh, and we'd love to hear from you on social media, email, over on the Substack at whereweare.substack.com. Melissa, that's all I have. Me too. All right. I'm going to go lay down. We're going to hope Melissa gets better. Next week, we'll be with you for the episode with Luke Russert. Until then, you've been listening to Where We Are. Bye.